Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the GeForce Podcast, a show for car enthusiasts by car enthusiasts. It's pretty obvious there's been a drastic change in consumer vehicles in the last five years. With the explosive growth in Tesla's sales and production, as well as changing demands in the consumer sector, which are forcing manufacturers to focus away from internal combustion tech, electric vehicles are becoming a much more common facet of modern driving experience. No longer are EVs some nerdy, dorky, niche machine. They're now a status symbol, a luxury item. Electric vehicles have a few key characteristics that make them appealing for use in more luxury vehicles. First, electric motors perform in such a way that they make their peak power and performance as soon as the driver decides to floor it. In a gasoline-powered car, you have to be in the right engine speed and the right gear to make full power. Second, electric vehicles are significantly quieter and smoother than traditional engine-powered vehicles. Performance and comfort are two of the key areas that auto manufacturers are focusing on current car development, specifically for their luxury vehicles. These areas generally are more expensive to pursue, and as such, they work well in a luxury performance vehicle. Now Tesla, of course, were the first to enter this space for electric vehicles, designing performance-based EVs. They have had the Roadster But what was kind of more interesting to look at was the performance line of the Model S. The Model S, of course, was their first proper full-on production car after the Roadster. But the key thing here was that it was a luxury four-door car. And with this market, the buyers are less price sensitive, and so they can better appreciate the cost of getting into a car with newer technology. This is the mentality as to why Tesla introduced the performance line. Provide better technology and performance to a less price sensitive luxury car buyer. Once Tesla introduced the performance line for the Model S, the Model S officially became a direct competitor to other luxury performance sedans, specifically the German ones. And as a result, the Germans took note. In late 2019, Porsche launched the all-electric Taycan, a four-door luxury sports car. Offered in four trim levels, the Taycan comes with power figures as low as 402 horsepower and up to 751 horsepower in a four-door executive sedan. Those are incredible numbers. For reference, The Ferrari Enzo, which was the hypercar of the early 2000s, had 650 horsepower. And now Porsche has a Taycan Turbo S, an all-electric, four-door vehicle, making 100 horsepower more. It's pretty clear. Porsche took the Tesla Model S performance line personally. And it wasn't just Porsche. Fellow Volkswagen Group member Audi also seemed to be personally attacked by the success of the Model S. Earlier this month, they released their competitor, the Audi e-tron GT. 
First things first, Audi wins the name game. E-tron is actually the same name they used for a concept they introduced a few years back, which was also an EV. I actually think Iron Man drove that vehicle, that prototype e-tron, as his personal vehicle in one of the movies. Anyway, aside from the name, the e-tron GT is also one of the best looking four-door cars. N ignoring EV or internal combustion, just in general, one of the best four-door cars being produced right now. And it definitely beats out the Taycan and the Model S. Alright, enough with the opinions. Here are some facts on the e-tron GT. It is a full EV, and it shares its platform with the Porsche Taycan, which makes sense. Essentially, both the Taycan and the e-tron GT are just Volkswagen Group products with different badging and design to match their sub-company. As such, the e-tron GT comes in two key trim levels, the Quattro and the RS. For you Audi fans out there, those names and those trim levels will be very familiar. They're the same they used for their internal combustion powered vehicles as well. In both trims with the e-tron GT, you get two motors, one for the front wheels and one for the rears. In the Quattro, which is the more entry-level version, the front motor produces 235 horsepower and the rear produces 429 horsepower. Both combine to make 469 horsepower for normal use and a peak of 523 horsepower for launches. Now the method for calculating the combined horsepower is a bit complicated, but the high level for why the total horsepower isn't just the sum of the two motors' outputs is due to the fact that there is some overlap in work that each of the sets of wheels do, and there's also the fact that the computer manages the power output to the two wheels slightly differently than just adding them together. In the RS model, which is the top of the line model, the front power output is still the same that 235 horsepower, but the rear is bumped up to 450 horsepower, and a total horsepower gets really bumped up, up to 590 horsepower for normal use, and a peak of 637 horsepower for launches. Now these power figures are a bit lower than the Porsches, but then again, the mentality is that the Porsches should still be the kings of power, and the Audis should be just after them. Here's a bit of unique tech with the Volkswagen Group EVs. Both the Taycan and e-tron GT use a two-speed transmission, as opposed to a lot of other EVs using a single speed box. They claim that this improves acceleration for the power system they're using. In addition, due to the battery management, Audi claimed the e-tron GT can do multiple hard launches in a row and not suffer from heat-induced performance restrictions, something that has been claimed by drivers in the Tesla Model S. Delving a little bit further into the battery tech, the e-tron GT gets a 93.4 kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery pack with the ability to support fast charging. Initial claims are that it can charge 
up to 80% battery life from 5% in under 23 minutes. To keep the center of gravity down, and thus to improve performance, Audi designed the chassis and battery pack so that the batteries are built into the floor, which is now becoming the standard for EVs. Tesla has long been doing this as well with their vehicles, again keeping the center of gravity and the center of mass much lower in the vehicle. Once the e-tron start to hit the market, they'll start somewhere around $100,000 as a base price. And then with the RS trim, you can expect to pay 40 k more, again without adding any additional options. The pricing, as well as the performance of the e-tron GT is pretty much in line with Audi's current RS line, which is like the RS6 and the RS7 in this case. So have Audi built a competitor for their own top-of-the-line cars? Let's put it this way. Kodak had technology to implement digital photography into their cameras many years before the first digital cameras really became mainstream and also many more years before most people stopped buying cameras and just use your phones. Kodak held off entering and dominating that market entry because they knew it would destroy some of their other lines of business. And in the end, their reluctance to focus on the future at the cost of the past took them down as a company. Audi and even Porsche are just doing what they see as being necessary to stay competitive. We're getting closer to living in a world where EVs will be the performance benchmark, and ICs are rendered practically useless. Although that's a whole separate discussion, the e-tron GT and Taycan are the first of a new era for car makers, the transition of traditionally IC producing car companies to EV leaders and not just for normal cars, but EV leaders for performance luxury cars. Tesla is of course a hugely important car company for the impact they've made on the automotive landscape, but the e-tron GT and the Taycan are also immensely important. They signal the beginning of the end of IC performance cars. <laughs>